Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today's episode is brought to you by our newest partner, Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I've personally been using Element for nearly six months now daily, and it's not only the cleanest hydration powder in terms of function, but I love the taste, especially the citrus and watermelon flavors. Element supports a low-carb lifestyle and will boost your performance and recovery, regardless of if you're a serious athlete or a weekend warrior. So head to drinkelement.com slash subscribing to wellness. That's drinklmnt.com slash subscribing to wellness for a special introductory deal on your first order. You won't regret it. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by CEO of Dessois, Scout Brisson. Prior to Dessois, Scout worked in consulting and co-founded another consumer brand. Dessois is inspired by the French ethos of pleasure and restraint. The company makes sparkling non-alcoholic aperitifs with natural adaptogens. We talked to Scout about building a celebrity brand, common misconceptions about non-alcoholic, and much more. Scout, welcome to Subscribing to Wellness. How are you? I'm good. Very excited to be here. Thanks for having me, you guys. Excited to talk all things to Swa. Um, would love to open up and just hear a little bit more about your background and kind of what you were up to before to Swa and what inspired you to join Katy Perry and the Rockstar team. Yeah, for sure. So I, I joined the team over a year ago now. So last fall, before we launched in January, I prior to that, I had started my own business also in CPG and personally have a love for all things better for you, functional food and beverage. Um, and I got really excited about non-alk. I, uh, truthfully, I've, I've never been too much of a drinker, but I think like a lot of us during the pandemic, I really built a ritual around pouring a glass of wine in the evenings and found it was a nice marker to end my day, but didn't necessarily, as I started to learn more about how it impacted my sleep and how much I felt like getting up in the morning, didn't really feel like it aligned with my overall lifestyle and habits. And so Anyways, needless to say, when I got introduced to, to Katie and Morgan last spring, I was very excited about the product and have fully drunk the Kool-Aid and changed my lifestyle around it. Um, but prior to that, I'd come out of the, the VC and consulting world. So I was at a consumer fund out in Santa Monica building uh, their venture studio in-house, which is really a great way for me to understand both you know, the venture investor point of view, as well as, you know, what, what it takes to kind of get a business from, you know, zero to one and off the ground. And I started my career out in also out in LA in consulting at McKinsey. So have progressively gotten more entrepreneurial as I, I went along. And it's been very, very exciting uh, building Deswa and not just launching a new brand, but building something in a new category has its own set of challenges. But I, I think we all have a lot of momentum behind, uh, behind this category, which, which makes it a lot of fun. Love it. Um, could you just really simply take us through like what Deswa is? What is the product? What are you guys looking to really offer your consumer? How that might be different from some of the more recognizable names you may have seen in the beginning, like Liars or in the beer space, Athletic Brewing and, and so on. 
Yeah. So the way I break down the category, um, you think about, you, you named liars, seed lip. There's a lot of spirit proxies that are out there that are really meant to, I would say, be a, a one-to-one proxy for something that you would mix into a cocktail. And so especially when Morgan and Katie, our two co-founders, were coming up with the concept for Dessois, they were looking at a lot of those brands. And then they were also looking at the non-alc beer brands and thought that there was something very interesting of this ready-to-drink opportunity that spoke to certainly a female customer, but also spoke to what I would refer to as the wine use case occasion. And so where Dessois sits, um, we're ready to drink. We're a non-alcoholic sparkling aperitif. So in various degrees, we take our flavor profile inspiration from traditional aperitifs. And that's, you know, in the bittering agents and the botanicals and, um, you know, ultimately how that product and the flavor comes together is meant to be something that's very interesting and sophisticated and complex. So it's not just a functional soda, but it has the convenience of what you get in a glass of wine of just being able to pour it and enjoy. And certainly people get creative. And I won't say that I've never mixed alcohol in with my Dessois, but it's um, it's definitely meant to be um, ready to drink. And we have, in terms of format, we have eight ounce cans and we have 750 ml bottles, which really nice, you know, use case different options. So the cans are very convenient. Um, I'm certainly pouring that for myself throughout the week. And Bottles are great, great gifts, great to have on the table, bring to a dinner party. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And also in your, in the products, you do offer functional benefits, which you touched on a little bit of these adaptogens. Can you tell me how you're telling this story to consumers? Because I think a lot of times, like people don't necessarily know what adaptogens are, or they don't know that it's found in a beverage or nowadays I feel like adaptogens are put in, you know, all sorts of different form factors. So how are you telling the consumer this and how is it kind of related to this alternative feeling along with the non-alc? Yeah. So the way we, we talk about the product is that we're fun and functional. So to your point, we have adaptogens in all three of our flavors and I would say overall effect is, is very similar flavor to flavor, but the adaptogens vary. So for instance, in golden hour, which is our lightest and brightest skew, it's got lemongrass and yuzu and pear notes that, um, that really leans on lemon balm and L-theanine. And on the other end of the spectrum, you've got purple loon, which is more full-bodied, um, that has tart cherry, also L-theanine, but, uh, ashwagandha is, is the complement to those other two. So all in all, you know, the, the effect is to kind of loosely relax you. It's not a sedative. It's not meant to put you to sleep. Um, we don't have yet an, an upper function, but something that we definitely are, are talking about is just kind of the daytime use of case use occasion. Um, but I think for us, we're really, we're really flavor forward. And we know a lot of our customers are coming to our products into this category because first and foremost, they're looking to drink less and they're looking to drink less because again, like B, they want to be healthier. They want to wake up in the morning or they're a new parent and they're in this new stage of life. And so I think the, the functional story for us is reinforcing that you're making a decision that's better for you and you're getting an added benefit out of that choice of not drinking. And a lot of people, you know, again, with that ritual of unwinding and pouring that glass at the end of the day also uh, are, are citing the, those feelings of relaxation. Yeah, I was just reading an article as we kind of end 2022 and and head into 2023, we're we're, um, approaching what we all know as dry January. And so many people are 
talking about it and figuring out what they're going to do and whatnot. Um, and Daniel and I were kind of reflecting on the fact that like, we feel like more people are on this like non-alk wagon than before. Um, and obviously like that could be because there's, there's more offerings. So there's more ways to entice a consumer, but I'm curious as someone who is at the heart of it, why, what do you think it is about the non-alk space that's attracting the drinkers alike, as well as those that aren't consuming? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, to your point, I mean, this cohort is the moderation cohort. Most of our consumers drink alcohol and distill ventures. I'm not sure if you saw this stat, but it was like over 80% or over 90% of people that drink non-alc also drink alcohol, which coming back to, okay, why are people coming to this? And how do we as a brand speak to that customer? I think you know, if you, if you think about the decisions that you have made in various categories of really swapping in or swapping up, right? Like, okay, can I get extra protein in my pasta? I'm going to have bonza with dinner. Can I shop a little bit cleaner and make a sustainable choice, right? You've been making these choices in all of these other categories to get something that ultimately doesn't, doesn't leave you wanting more. I think that's where the non-alk brands and products are really there to solve for people so that you can say, I don't want to drink my glass of wine tonight, or I don't want to have a cocktail when I'm out with friends, but I don't have to feel like I'm missing out on the experience either from a taste or just the feeling of participation. Cause I think so much about drinking alcoholic beverages or in those occasions is about feeling like you're a part of that moment and that experience. So I think that's, what's getting people really drawn in and, and hooked. And we certainly in our business subscription and, and repeat is, is quite high. And that's a big part of, you know, when we're talking to the consumer, it's like, yes, let's build this ritual together. Let's have this. If it's for you, if it's Monday through Thursday, if it's for somebody else being able to bring it to a party, they're going to Saturday night, let's build this in. Um, and ultimately we're about empowering and, and inclusivity. So it's, it's, you know, the agency to make that choice as opposed to all or nothing. Yeah, I think this point on moderation is actually really fascinating and 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 it's true. Like this generation is definitely one of moderation. I think you even touched on it that like Deswa, yes, it's a it's a non-alc aperitif and I can drink it straight from the can, but I also can pour it with alcohol and have like just a lower ABV beverage all all in. And I think that in and of itself is something that people are learning about the non-alc space and it's a way to almost bring a consumer in on a trial basis, um, which, which, which I, which I think it is, is really exciting. I, thought I, it was, I also thought it was interesting scout, like that article that you did with Drew, Rachel and I are both um, good friends with him. Like the way you outlined it with kind of these sober curious and productivity drinkers, right? Sober curious people evaluating their relationship with alcohol for the first time, like maybe just curious productivity drinkers. Like I have work in the morning, normally I'd go to happy hour, but instead I'm going to find like an alternative. And then this third, like health conscious drinker, that's kind of all in on removing alcohol completely from their lives. I thought that was like spot on um, and kind of a perfect way to describe it. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that the dry January, the whole notion of that movement is very tied into sober curiosity. And I think what gets me really excited when I think about the impact that Deswa or other brands can have in this category is changing the conversation, right? Alongside 
whether it's Gen Z or millennials pushing, pushing against the stigma of what it used to mean to be sober and how we're redefining it today. And I actually heard someone flip the term recently of they were like, I don't like sober curious because it has the word sober in it. I'm alcohol flexible. <laughs> right. And like people are basically saying, we don't want to put this exact label on it. And I think that's, that's a lot of where dry January comes from, but also January is so inherent, right? It's new year, new me resolution setting. And I think that's where productivity and, and the health conscious drinker are, are also finding their opportunities. Yeah, totally, totally hear that. And what was like, we talked a little bit, Rachel brought up the point on adaptogens and like how that requires education. Like what is your broader strategy, I guess, for educating consumers who may be like considering trying this product for the first time? It looks like it's kind of like a two to three tier thing where you need to also think about like where it's on shelf and work with the accounts. But what is the broader education strategy um, to ensure that people are enjoying this and really understanding like what they're enjoying when they when they have it for the first time? Yeah, I really focus on touch points for this. And that's that's how we as a team are addressing it. So I think breaking apart, you know, as an omni-channel business, breaking apart D2C touch points from wholesale touch points, because D2C, it's almost about, okay, how do I perfect my message and perfect the delivery of my message in a social media post, in email? I mean, on our site, we really focus on ingredient education, right? And we have a whole botanical glossary that you can go in and re read about. I mean, that's certainly one of our core pillars. I think in, in wholesale, you know, where it lives. So for instance, today in some accounts, uh, we live in the functional beverage cold case. Okay, that, then it's really important for our messaging to be very clear on our packaging so that someone looks at that and they're not confusing us with an Olipop or a Poppy, which is a, a different value proposition, right? So you know, we right now are going through a packaging refresh that will go out next year to refine some of that messaging hierarchy. But I think focusing on the category definer, so non-alcoholic aperitif, right? That says something to somebody right away. Tasting notes, that's really important. Um, you know, being able to explain because the product is really complex, what is it going to taste like? Because if you look at that ingredient list in the back, I mean, we've We've got a lot of cool, <laughs> fancy ingredients that you would see on a restaurant menu that you might not know how those flavors come together. So educating through that channel. I think also, ultimately for us, we would love to live in the alcohol, you know, wine and spirit section in, in an account. And so we're really partnering with our distributors, buyers um, at various retail accounts to help imagine what that, what that looks like and how that comes to life. Because just discovering it there, right? There's a different type of education that needs to happen than when you're discovering it in Erwan's cold box. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we touched on this at the beginning, but uh, Katy Perry, um, and I, I'm pretty sure everyone knows who that is out there, <laughs> uh, is one of the co-founders of the company. Um, I'd love to kind of touch a little bit on her celebrity status involvement and how you kind of approach it to ensure maximum value from the brand. Yeah. So I think, you know, just from a starting point with Katie, did I lose you? No, we're here. Okay. <laughs> from a starting point with Katie, um, I mean, she, she and Morgan were day one on this brand, right? Before there was a name, before there was a product. So it really is authentically Katie's, which I think 
in this creator-led world is certainly special and unique. And so when it comes to, okay, you know, me putting on my CEO hat and thinking about how do we put this out to Katie's audience, right? And how do we put it out to Katie's audience in a way that's going to resonate really naturally and authentically? I think that's something that we spend a ton of time on. It's like, okay, Katie's favorite coffee shop in Santa Barbara started carrying the and she found out and she's like, I have to go there and grab a video and share that on my Instagram. And so I think finding those moments where her fans can connect with the fact that, okay, this is, this is something that Katie's spending her time on other than just music because it's a passion. And I care about her passions because I'm a, I'm a fan of hers. So I think that's one piece of it. I think as we start to expand into retail and wholesale, um, there's a, there's certainly a huge opportunity in terms of physical POS and what I, what I would call translating the experience that you can see in paid ads and how, you know, certainly the click-through rate goes through the roof when you've got Katie in that first clip. Okay. When you're in store, what's that initial hook that gets somebody in? If we've got a physical display of cans on, on the floor that have Katie holding her, you know, her purple loon can, her favorite flavor from our launch party, like that's going to bring somebody into the moment and help increase and drive trial. So there's a whole bunch of different places, but at the end of the day, what gets her really, really excited is being a builder and, and being at the forefront of driving this category. And so I think positioning, continuing to position us as a brand and her as a co-founder in that light um, feels both, again, authentic, but valuable. Yeah. It sounds like to me, she's been a really like integral part of the brand as well as she's authentically herself where I feel like we we're, we're seeing so many more celebrity brands come into play and they're not always this way, you know, um, either their involvement or they're just not like, it's not in their heart of passion. So it's, it's fun to see it when they're actually building something that they want to be building as well as like, they're out there doing, doing the hard, doing the hard stuff. Yeah. Um, and bringing those pieces together, right? I mean, I mean, music for Katie, we've got Deswat at Resorts World where her residency is happening on the menu and we're continuing to put it into other accounts at, at Resorts World. So I think bringing those things together early on in our life cycle, I mean, we did, when we launched, we did a, a sweepstakes, giving people a chance to go see her in concert and creating UGC around Deswat. So I think finding those opportunities are also really important. Yeah, I'm curious, what's been one of the hardest things for you as the CEO of, of this brand with, with really big names behind it? What's been like one of the biggest challenges for you um, and taking on this ownership and leadership? That's such a good question. I think, well, and something actually I touched on too with Drew in our conversation in that article, but it's, it's building, building a brand Right. And again, like Katie is a really important part of our story and of our early growth. And we have to be building a brand alongside it. So I'm constantly figuring out, okay, what does, you know, if I look at 2023, what's our marketing strategy? And how does that align to for us what we're focusing on, which, you know, it's really about continuing in a, in a high level way, you know, building the brand message, but also that education component. And then where are the places that Katie, naturally fits into that story. Um, and so I think it's continuing to balance that and, and then ultimately making sure that we're, we're maximizing it on the wholesale side is, as you mentioned, to drive 
velocity and drive doors opening in a category that uh, is is just really starting to exist in a major way in yeah. stores. Yeah, I think you said that super nicely because the way I think about it is you have Katy Perry, right? Who's obviously going to drive like a boost in awareness that like you couldn't get without her. Um, but then like in order for this brand to really scale, you need to drive repeat purchase behavior from non-followers, right? And so I think that by like focusing on building this brand to complement Katie, but to do it also like outside of Katie's presence is so crucial as a means of bringing in consumers who don't necessarily have a huge kind of Katy Perry, um, you know, desire, passion following as a means to like really scale the business. So I think that makes a ton of sense. And then I also feel like there must be, I'm curious if you feel this way, but like there must be from investors a bit of like, I mean, you have an amazing uh, partner with Willow Growth, but just generally there's probably some like hyper pressure to grow quickly, grow, grow quicker than like you might be comfortable doing just simply because you have Katy Perry on board. Um, and maybe just like reiterating to the team and to investors that like, yes, we have Katy Perry, but this is still a novel kind of category. Yeah, absolutely. And I think those conversations look like, okay, where, you know, how much are we investing? Where are we going deep versus where are we going to wait, right? And be patient in terms of expansion and growth. Um, and, and as we think about Katy's audience, right, just to give a really macro example, but she's got a huge international audience. Does that mean we're expanding internationally in year one? No, right? We're gonna we're gonna do what we have to do in the U.S. and build, and we'll be opportunistic internationally. But uh, I think just being very strategic about how we can leverage that so that we're to your point, Daniel, we're not getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, it's such a fine line, I guess we like to say, <laughs> of like which side to go on. Um, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. So basically whatever comes to mind, just hit us with your best answer. No wrong answers. Okay. Okay. Cocktail or wine? Wine. Favorite Katy Perry song? Dark Horse. (laughs) Favorite cocktail? Uh, Margarita. Dessois in a can or a bottle? Can. Shaken or stirred? Shaken. Love it. Last Um, question for you is just, how do you subscribe to wellness? So how do you kind of maintain a healthy life while managing the swap? Sleep. I'm so grumpy when I don't get enough sleep. So I really, I really try to prioritize my bedtime routine, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) I find I'm, go ahead. No, and dissoir, right? Helps you sleep better. It's not like you're, it's not like you have to have a cocktail or something. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. Where can our listeners uh, learn more about dissoir and find you? Our website's a great place, drinkdissoir.com or our Instagram, which is also drinkdissoir. Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Amazing. Scout, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and we're, we're so excited to uh, continue chatting. Yeah, thank you so much. Really enjoyed the conversation and excited to hear how everyone is doing dry January this year. Thank you. Have a great one. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness and we'll see you next time.